Please do keep your Bibles open there on page 1174 as we come to the third and final sermon in this mini-series that we're doing looking at the church, the importance of the church, uh, the privilege of belonging to it, and the active role that each of us play in it. That's what we've been looking at the, the last few weeks. Now, today, I want to play a little word association game with you. When you hear the word church, I want to ask, like, what word, what picture, um, what idea pops into your mind? Okay, and we're actually going to play it now, right? It's not just, you know, I'm preaching and you're just... What is it? What, have you got something? Have you got a word? Have you got a picture? I say church, you think what? Okay? Oh, great, you really want to get going. I was actually going to say you can share it with each other. So why don't you just quickly turn to a neighbour? I didn't hear what you shouted out. Say hi if you don't know them. Quickly share your word, your picture, your idea. I say church, you think what? Okay, let me draw us back together. Love to hear what you all said. Obviously don't have time to go around the whole room. Heard some giggling and laughter in the front row here, so I'm not sure what they said when you think of church. Um, I imagine some of you would have said, well, I think of church, I think of the people, I think of the gathering, I, I think of this building, I think of, you know, in Spar St. James, if you're a member here. Others of you may know that we're doing a sermon series in the church right now on the body, the family, the temple. Maybe you said that to each other. Although I'd be interested to know what part of the metaphor you were thinking of when you said um, that. Others of you might be thinking about what we do at church, uh, the the singing, um, the preaching, the fellowship, Sundays, Wednesdays. Did any of you say God? Or anything to do with God? Okay. One, two, me. By the way, I'm not, if you didn't, it's not I'm trying to make you feel bad or anything like that, not, not, not in the slightest. It's just, it's to make the observation that instinctively when we think of church, we think on the horizontal level and how we relate to each other. But what we've been seeing in this sermon series is the importance of seeing first and foremost how God relates to us. We're a body. Well, who's the head? Christ. Oh, we've got to keep connected to him. The church is a family. Yeah, we want to love one, but God is our father who has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts so we cry, Abba, Father. Got to start with God, with the body, with the family, and with the temple. First and foremost, we think, what's it saying about God, how he relates to us? And out of those three metaphors, body, family, temple, I wonder if the temple, this is going to be the hardest one for us to get our hearts and minds around. Most people know how a body works, right? How a family works. Oh, we can see how that relates to church. A temple. First of all, we're going to do a we're going to see the rich meaning and significance of the temple okay, in the whole Bible story. Then we're going to see what that means, this rich meaning and significance of the temple for the church today. And then thirdly, we'll draw out some implications for us here at a church. Right? So that's the way we're going. Okay? Um, a bit more work, but I propose and assure you it is going to be very much worth it. First, let's see the rich meaning and significance of the temple in the whole Bible story. Okay, we're really going to go from Genesis to Revelation under five minutes, okay? Seatbelts all securely fastened. Here we go. Genesis 3, verse 8, first book of the Bible. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Here is paradise. 
Here is life as it is meant to be. Here is God dwelling with his people in a special place in the Garden of Eden. And there's intimacy, and there's close connection, and there's relationship with God. The very relationship we were made for, it all goes horribly wrong. Adam and Eve try and go it alone. They are banished from the Garden of Eden. God's presence is lost. But God still longs to dwell with his people. We're going forward now. Exodus 40, verses 34 to 35. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of the meeting because the cloud had settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter because God is holy and humanity is sinful, and yet God still longs to dwell with his people. The word tabernacle in the Hebrew literally means dwelling. God still longs to dwell amongst his people and guide them and bless them and lead them into the promised land and the city of Jerusalem. And then we read in 1 Kings 8, verses 10 to 12, we're speeding up, you'll be pleased to know, when the priests withdrew from the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord. And the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled his temple. What is the meaning of the temple in the Bible story? It is the place where God's presence dwells. But more disaster. Because God's people are unfaithful again. They go after other gods that are no gods at all. And the exile happens and the temple is destroyed. And the second temple's not half as good as the first temple. But then, 500 years later, what does God do? He sends his son. But John's gospel says, the word made flesh and dwelt, tabernacled amongst us. So we could see God, so you could touch God if you were there. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and his son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus says of himself, destroy this temple, and in three days, I'll bring it back again. Which is exactly what Jesus does. As he's rejected, he is killed. I mean, what is it about human sin? The desperation to get away from God's presence. God comes to earth, kill him. Jesus rises from the dead, sends his spirit on the church so that Ephesians 2, our passage today, we are now a holy temple in the Lord, built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. But that's not the end. Revelation 21, the final book of the Bible. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. Eden restored, paradise restored, but better than Genesis, because this is perfect forever, no sin ever again. Now, well done if you've kept going with that. That's the whistle-stop tour of the Bible, through the idea of temple. Do you see what a, the richness, meaning, and significance of the temple in the Bible story, the original intention of creation, God dwelling with his people in a garden temple, the distinguishing mark of God's people in the old covenant, God dwelling with his people in a physical temple, the actual means of redemption, God dwelling with humanity in Christ, the perfect temple, the very goal of redemption where all of humanity and history is heading, God dwelling with his people in an heavenly temple. What are we meant to think when we hear the word temple with a biblical understanding? It is the place where God's presence dwells. And taking a step back for a moment, is that not an extraordinary thing? That throughout human history, 
Despite humanity's sin, despite our turning from God, the one who made us, God still longs to dwell with us. God still longs to restore our fellowship with him. God gives us these connection points within human history where heaven meets earth. Where God was dwelling in the tabernacle and the temple in Christ in the church. People may just not describe themselves as religious nowadays, but they still do describe themselves as spiritual. Longing for some connection with the divine, a higher power, something beyond themselves. We want to make sense of life, we want direction, we want purpose, we want some sense of hope that there's more to life than that God has given, the God of the Bible has given us these connection points throughout history. So we can experience him, experience his presence. And of course, the question is, where is this place found today? Where is this connection point today? Where is God focusing his presence now? Well, let's move on secondly to the church as the temple. Verses 19 to 22 of our reading. Paul speaking to the church, the local church in Ephesus. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Listen carefully now. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. In other words, where is the connection point now between heaven and earth? Where is the special place, the focused place where God's presence dwells? It is in the church. It is in us. As we gather together, as God's people each week, as any local church across the world gathers together in Christ, God's presence, God dwelling with us. Think of everything we've just seen about God's glory filling the temple in the Old Testament. God dwelling amongst his people, the blessing, the flourishing, the intimacy, his presence. At your right hand, the psalmist says, are pleasures forevermore. And he's here. He's with us right now by his spirit as we gather together as the Lord's people. I don't know how you felt about coming to church today. Perhaps in a rush to get here, we've got baptism, but not too fast, another Sunday. We talk, don't we, about FOMO, the fear of missing out, you know, a great event, great happening, happening, some party that others are going to, a big event. Do you have FOMO when it comes to church? And if not, why not? Because if you miss out on church and don't show up, we're missing out on meeting with God himself. Some of you know that we hire out the crypt um, when we're not using it for our church activities, and sometimes we hire it out to film crews um, who are filming around the area. I found out this week, I can't say when it's happening, can't say what it is. I found out, though, that um, 
very famous Hollywood actor and Hollywood actress will be around, and they'll be using my office um, upstairs at some point. And as soon as I heard this, I got really excited. I thought, oh, I'm going to make sure I'm around on that day, and I'll maybe just be around the office. And, oh, hello, I'm Mark. Can I have an autograph, please? Don't I realize we've got the most famous person in the universe with us every Sunday right here, right now? Amen. The Lord is dwelling with us. What do I say at the start of the communion liturgy? The Lord is here. And how do you respond? His spirit is with us. He is. He's here. By his spirit. Can't see him with physical eyes. Doesn't mean he's any less present. Do you want more of God's presence in your life? Come to church. Make it a priority. Every Sunday in the diary. Oh, that's the one thing I'm not going to miss this week. I get to meet with God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Where God dwells with his people. Look, of course, there is a sense in which God is everywhere. Of course he is. He's omnipresent. But there is also a sense in which we get to meet him in a special way as church, the holy temple, in the Lord as we are built together to become God's dwelling place. That means you will not get this online, watching online. Bob Flayhart, the guy coming in, Senior pastor of Oak Mountain Presbyterian Church coming in to do our weekend to stay. We share a love of basketball, share a love for the Golden State Warriors. He's watched virtually all their matches the last 20 odd years or something and, and gets a lot out of watching the matches on TV. Okay? This past week in the playoffs, one of his mates took him to watch it live in person. It was on his bucket list. It's like a lifetime dream to watch the Golden State Warrior. And he said the, the, the difference actually being there in the presence of the players, the intimacy, the intensity, the deeper experience. So it is with God, dwelling with his people as we meet together in person at church and not watching online. And that's one of the reasons why we're going to be turning off the universal live stream from next Sunday. But you can get a code from us from the office if for legitimate reasons you can't and make it along. This presence we're talking about, God dwelling with, it's different as well to our own personal walk with the Lord. Some of you might say, but hang on a sec, Mark, doesn't the Apostle Paul say in 1 Corinthians 6 that our individual bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? And so we have God's presence anyway already, all the time. Yes, you do. Absolutely true. Absolutely wonderful. Don't want to downplay that wonderful truth for one second. But the Apostle Paul also says, three chapters earlier, in 1 Corinthians 3, that you together are that temple. And that God chooses to focus his presence in this moment of salvation history as his people gather together. Don't miss out. Because of our current individualistic culture, we are trained to assume that what we do as individuals is primary and anything we do with others is secondary, an optional add-on. And so we are tempted perhaps to tailor and personalize our faith and our experience of God's presence. But the whole witness of the Bible, as we saw from Genesis 3 to Revelation, is God dwelling amongst his people together. 
that we experience his presence primarily in relationship to others as we gather together and we're built together to be a dwelling place where God lives by his spirit. So first and foremost, as we come to church each Sunday, each week, let's do, th- do so with the expectation of meeting God. To seek his face, to enjoy his presence, to worship him together. So that we don't just sing songs, we praise him. We don't just hear a talk, a sermon from Mark, we are being attentive to the living and active voice of God through the reading and preaching of what God is addressing me. What are you saying, Lord? I want to hear you. Teach me, correct me, rebuke me, change me, transform me. I want to leave today different to the way I've arrived. Let's connect with God. Let's commune with him above anyone else. So come with excitement, come with reverence, come with joy. He is the one we are made for, the church as temple. Thirdly and finally, the church as temple here at Inspire St. James. How do we make sure that we are a genuine church? How do we make sure that therefore God's presence is genuinely with us, that we have an experience of God and not a figment of our imagination. Did you notice the repeated references to Christ in this passage? The whole passage, 12 to 23. Let me just quickly just highlight some here. Verse 12, what were the Ephesian Christians like before separated from Christ? Verse 13, but now in Christ. Verse 14, for he, Christ himself, is our peace. Verse 17, Christ came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near. Verse 18, for through him, that's Christ, we have access to the Father by one spirit. Verse 20, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Verse 21, in him, that's Christ. End of verse 21, a holy temple in the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, verse 22, and in him, in Christ, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. How do we make sure that we are a genuine church with a genuine experience of God's presence with us? In Christ, through Christ, Christ Jesus being the chief cornerstone. It is all about Christ. We need to build the life of this church on him. And the cornerstone, this is a reference to Isaiah 28. And the vital cornerstone on which the whole building is constructed. So you'd lay this this chief cornerstone and you would measure up all the other bricks and stones based on this one. Such if you lost sight of this stone, then you know, the bricks will start get out of line, the building get all wonky, you know, and if you're not careful, the whole thing will collapse. We need to build the life of this church on Jesus. What's that? His word. That is how people are drawn to faith in Christ and brought to maturity in Christ. On his love which adopts us into the family, which transforms us into the likeness of Christ. We may love his power 
through which Christ builds the church now and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We can't do it in our own strength, only in his grace. For all those times we forget to worship him, don't want to worship him, get all individualistic and don't meet together. In Christ, through Christ, on Christ. We are knitted together in him with our church, we are the body of Christ and if that is true, then God's presence is genuinely with us and you are getting a genuine experience of God. It is a glorious thing, is it not, that Jesus Christ left the, dwell, the perfect dwelling place of heaven with his Father to get born into a sinful world. Him dwelling amongst us, the Word made flesh, even though the world would reject him, betray him, even by his own people. He lived a perfect life, It dies a criminal's death, a death for us, for our sin, for our rejection of him. The stone that the builders rejected had become the capstone, and now in him we are a holy temple in the Lord. Now God dwells in us by his spirit, his presence with us, this touching point between heaven and earth, and one day his presence will fill the whole world and Eden will be restored. He's done this for us. We didn't deserve it. He's done all this for build the life of this church on Christ. Build your life on Christ. Everything else is sinking sand. And all we need to do, what's it? Build your life. Cut, you just need to come. You just need to come to Christ. That's it. We don't need to invite God in. He's already here. We don't need to put on our Sunday best. We can just come as we are. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's just beautiful. We don't need to feel a certain way. It's just as well because sometimes we're not feeling it at all. And God still invites us to come. Come to me. Receive me. Hear my voice. Praise me. Worship me. Let me pour out my blessings upon you all. Just come. Meet with God. Have a genuine experience of him. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. You know, and the more we do that, the more we're building our life on Christ, the more we're building on his word, his love, his grace, his power, the more we're having this, the more genuine experience of God. You know what, in 1 Corinthians 14, what Paul says about guests coming into the church? They say, wow, God is really among you. Now that is something for us to pray for us right now. Let me pray that for us. Father God, we thank and praise you that you are building us together as a temple for your dwelling place. Thanks for showing us the richness of the temple through the Bible story. Wow, what a thing that you call the church, your temple today. We want to build the life of this church, therefore, on Christ. We want to be committed to him. We want to be committed to coming on Sundays. We want to be committed to meet with you. Teach us more of Christ's word. Help us to know more of his love, his power, his grace at work in our hearts and our lives. That people may come along and say, wow, God is really among you. And we want your presence, Lord, in us and through us. To our friendships, our families, our neighborhoods, our communities, us, this city, the whole UK. We ask it now in Jesus' name. Amen.